welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Merry after Christmas week. Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited for today. And um, let me grab our people who are going to come on with us. Okay, let's see how we did. And I'll be telling you where we are. Hi. Um, hello. Good morning. Good morning. And Yay. it looks like here comes Grace. Hi, Grace. Oh, hi, Grace. Hello. Are you in the, are you in the gym, Grace? Yeah. Oh. We all wish we were with Grace right now. She's about to have lacrosse practice, everyone. So true. So true. Or you don't wish that you were with me. Is it warm? No, it's storm. It's like love <laughs> exercise. Oh. <laughs> what if you just wanted to be cozy? Okay. You do, well, you can be cozy after. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Emily's with us. And let me tell you where we're going to be everyone. We are studying um, Elder Iring's talk, President Iring's talk, Legacy of Encouragement. And then we're going to be in Moroni 7, so you'll want your Book of Mormon. And um, we are, um, this month we're working on becoming. That's what we're working on this month. So we're in the part of the talk that I loved, and I'm actually just going to take us there for one second. So you can be thinking as you're grabbing your stuff, and then I'm going to let these two introduce themselves to you. Um, but we're in the one paragraph from President Nelson's talk where he talks about um, this cycle of, um, that will create momentum in our life. And he talks about we cultivate faith in Jesus Christ by repenting daily and keeping covenants that endow us with power. We stay on the covenant path and are blessed with spiritual strength, personal revelation, increasing faith, and the ministering of angels. And then he said this line that I love. Living the doctrine of Christ can produce the most powerful, virtuous cycle, creating spiritual momentum in our lives. And I just love the thought of this like spiritual cycle that is going to create momentum in our lives. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. They, um, what do spiritual cycles look like? Be kind of focusing on that a little bit. Um, but before we dive in, let's have Emily, why don't you go first and then Grace, you go second. Just tell us a little bit about um, who you are. Emily's been here before. She's one of our Inklings, <laughs> longtime Inkling um, followers, watchers, but just part of the community. And then you guys know Grace, but if you don't know Grace, I'm going to let her... Um, Introduce yourself hey, again. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm Emily Pearson. I live in Fairview, very small town. I have two kids. Um, my daughter is 18 at college, Snow College, and my son is 12. And I have cystic fibrosis, that's why I have oxygen. And I just turned 43. I have to think about it 43, which is so amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, that really is yeah. amazing um, for uh, with cystic fibrosis. So Emily gives me so much hope because you all remember I have a little one with cystic fibrosis also in our family. And then Grace, tell us a little bit about you. I can't wait to see what you want to tell us. Yeah, you and me <laughs> both. Um, I'm Grace. Hello, everyone. I... Um, I'm sorry for making everyone dizzy. I am in the middle of a field, like in like a little field house. And then I was like, oh, I need something to rest my phone on. So I had to hurry and get a chair. So here I am. I am coaching lacrosse, which is exciting. 
I am a high school seminary teacher. I just love, I don't know what to say, <laughs> mom. I don't know. This is so awkward. I'm, I'm 23. I love to, I love Jesus. I love skateboarding. I love, I, I just, I, I don't know. That's it. That's all I got for us. Good. That's a good intro, Grace. I love that intro. Um, so we're going to talk today about um, the quote I read at the very beginning is from President Nelson's talk um, from Sunday morning, which was overcoming the world and finding rest. That kind of is the, our theme talk for this six months. That's where we're leaning into. Um, there was a moment in that talk where President Nelson invited us as a whole church to become this righteous people. And um, so we're on the six month journey just to become what he was inviting us into, which I love. And we spent the first two months, if you were with us, learning how to overcome the world. And then December and January, we are studying how to become like, what does that actually look like? And then our favorite part of the study, we all already know, is going to be uh, February and March. We are leaning into rest. That's what we'll be leaning into then. And we'll all be so happy for that part of the um, study. So uh, that's the talk that oversees everything. And then each week we pull one conference talk from just the conference that we dive into a deep dive that kind of will match that theme, that overarching theme of what we're doing. And this week we are studying Elder Irene. Um, so, so the talk that we'll be spending all of our time in today is called Legacy of Encouragement. And first of all, right off the bat, I just loved the title. Did anybody else love the title? In my mind, it was like, oh, I want to leave a legacy of encouragement. I hope that's the type of person that I am, is an encourager, and um, that, that that might be a mark that I would leave on, like, my generations. But as we went through this talk, I loved, um, I love that he talked about ways that we can find encouragement are through faith, hope, and charity. So I think it would be awesome to just dive right in, and uh, <clears throat> maybe each of you could just share what is a favorite quote from you from this talk that was a standout to you? And Emily, okay. what if you go first? Um, I loved, there were so many, it's really hard to choose, but I would say, okay, it's almost at the end. And he just says, the commandments and covenants he offers you are not just to control you. They are a gift to lift. Well, I, so I just um, outlined a gift to lift. I was like, that's such a great little saying. Anyway, so they are a gift to lift you toward receiving all the gifts of God, which I, I just, I, I think so often, especially when we're younger, we think of the commandments as restrictions and these boundaries that are put on us, you know, to keep us from enjoying life when really that is how you're going to get the most out of life. Yeah, I loved that part too. I marked in mine. You'll see I have a little square right around that same part because I was like, I love that thought that the commandments yeah. are meant to lift us. And as we look at those commandments, um, in our family, we've actually been talking a lot about this concept. Um, and also that commandments are, because commandments are exact, they have a power to protect um, and keep us safe but also a place to like come back to and be like, okay, how am I doing? Um, because if I can measure up against those, it just gives me like a good check-in every week or every once in a while to be like, okay, let me just see how I'm um, doing. And, and that thought of it being something that would lift us every time we engage in commandments, yeah. I was super intrigued by too. Um, Grace, anything you want to add to that? No, I love that. I think that is like a, I don't know. I feel like that's like a crucial mindset shift when like in a relationship with Jesus is like figuring out that idea with commandments and seeing commandments like that. I don't know. I think you guys said it so well. I don't have anything to add. Okay. okay. And what about, um, what quote would you like to talk about? Um, okay. Well, so 
I was just thinking about this while you guys, like, I, I don't know. Okay. Are you unpacking the scriptures, Mom? Yes. I should have no, asked you this before. No, I you can take this us before. into, you can take us into well, Moroni. I'm story. not really going to take you in because I didn't, I didn't write down the, like, reference or anything, but he talked about it in the talk, like, the verse that, like, made me think. And so I promise that I'm going to get to my favorite part of the talk, but I just have to think about all of these things together, okay? Yes. Okay. So um, he, he like, starts reading the scripture, and I was listening to it. For me and President Iring, I just have to always listen. I can't read his talks because I just love it when he cries so much. And so then I feel like I love the talk more, so I only listen to his. Um, and what happens is, like, near the end, probably, like, three quarters down, he starts talking about... Uh, he, like, goes through the verses. He starts reading them. And there's, like, that last line of a verse. Mom, you'll know it. You have the scriptures right by you, probably. That says, like, well, like, it, like, it doesn't say this directly, but, like, indirectly. I think it's the last line of the verse that just says, like, um, the goal is to be like him. Or, like, in the end, like, that is what will happen is you will be like him. Do you see that somewhere? Yes. Let me see if I can find it. It says um, it in the talk. I should have been more prepared. That was my bad. Um, is it the part where he talks about that ye may become yeah. the sons of God, that when he shall yeah. appear, we shall be like him, yes. for we will see him as he is? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, like, right when um, I heard President Iron say that, he, like, re-said that in the talk. Like, I, like, stopped for a second and I started thinking. Like, if that is, like, the end goal, if that is, like, what he's saying, like, oh, like, this is it. Like, this is the, like, this is the, this is, like, that is the goal. That is the everything. That's the, like, greatest gift in the world is to be like him. Um, it, like, made me start thinking about, like, life right now. And, like, probably all of us know that quote about, like, um, like you become the sum of like the seven people you spend the most time with. And I've been thinking about that so, so much is like, who are the, especially like right now, it's like specifically in my life because I'm not living at home. I feel like when you live at home, you like as a kid, you usually spend like most time with your parents and like your siblings just cause you like are there. But, um, it's like a little bit different for me in my life right now. And maybe as moms, it's different too. I don't like probably it is. But I've been thinking a lot because, like, I choose who I spend my time with, like, really specifically. Like, there are, like, there are seven people that, like, I invite into my life. And, like, who are they helping me become? And I was kind of thinking like that. And I was like, oh, are they helping me become like him? And then I, like, all of a sudden remembered this one tiny line from the talk that became my favorite line. And it is when President Iron is talking about his mom that's passing away. And there's one line. It's like the start of a paragraph near the top that it just says she felt as if she was close to him or he was close to her and it made me think like there is no one like out of the seven people in my life that I love the most like I would hope that he is one of them and I think that like that might be a key that, like maybe it was like an underlying hint that President Iring was giving like if the goal is to become like Jesus I think his mom sort of really key example of is he one of your seven people? Because for her, she was, and that was her legacy of encouragement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's it, like, so good. From her. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that thought. Is he one of your seven? Um, because it for her, it was so. Um, this is in the one, two, three, four, fifth paragraph down. It's the top yeah, line job, right there for those of you who are asking. When she says she felt that he was close to her. And I just think, what a sweet thing to know. Um, can you imagine sitting by your mom's bed or someone you love bed and, and her saying, I know he's close to me right now. Um, what a sweet assurance that would be. And as we think about this talk, one of the things that I love is when he went through and kind of defined for us this is what faith is. This is what hope is. This is what charity is. And um, I, I kind of loved him walking through that process with us because I don't know how many of you are like this, but does anyone feel like faith and hope is yeah. like the chicken and the egg? Like which came first, the chicken or the egg? And sometimes faith and hope, you're like, well, I don't know. Like it's hard to clarify what is the difference between the two. And how do you like lean into the two when you're not sure where the break is in between both of them? And I love that one of the things he explained about faith is that it would build their assurance or their confidence. 
And I love that thought when you think about Elder Eyring's mom is that she just had this assurance. That's what, um, that's what she had was this assurance that he was close to her. And I love that being part of our faith. Also, when we study faith in the Bible dictionary, if we were to go into the Bible dictionary, and I actually think I might take us there really quick, because sometimes this is really helpful too when you're trying to define the difference between um, all three of those words and how they fit with each other and, and why they might be cyclical. I love it when it tells us two things about faith. First, to have faith is to have confidence in someone or something. And don't you love that Elder Eyring's mom had confidence that he was close to her in that time? And so maybe part of our uh, development of faith is that confidence well, um, that he's with and us. And that's cool. Okay, yeah. so let's go. Oh, Emily, are you okay, also saying something? <laughs> okay. Both of you can. Okay. Um, that, I'm sorry if I interrupted you. I'm so bad at knowing <laughs> when it's virtual and in real life, actually. So either way. But... Um, that is something that's so interesting to me because now I want to think, I'm sorry that I want to think about this so much right now, but it makes me think like in like a regular relationship with someone, like how do you gain confidence? And I think that like it, like how do you gain confidence in a relationship? And I think that there's something that like earthly relationships teach us about like our divine relationship with God in the sense that like I'm like oh I get so much like the more time I spend with someone the more confident I am in the relationship like that is just true like I just like I'm like okay now I'm getting it now we have inside jokes and now like I know when you're joking and when you're not joking and now like I get like you like kind of like build off of like these things like the more time you spend with someone and then you're like oh like I'm really confident in the, this relationship. Like, if you, like, in the beginning, oh, this is a good example. Like, in the beginning, if, like, someone bails on you and you've only hung out with them, like, twice, like, you have zero confidence in that relationship. You're like, I'm never hanging out with them again. Like, if they, like, don't answer your text, you're like, oh, that's it. Like, they left me on red. Like, I, like, I'm done. Like, that was it. Like, I didn't know. Like, it was already, like, not steady ground. Like, I didn't want to invite them to anything. Like, I don't know how that's going to go. But, like, after, like, if you've been hanging out with someone, like, every day for, like, the past, like, three weeks, and then they, like, just, like, don't answer your text one day. You're not, like, oh, like, that's it. Like, that's the end of the friendship. Like, that, like I, they don't want to talk to me anymore. Like, it's almost just, like, oh, like, I'm confident. Like, they're not answering for, like, a reason. Like, I, like, oh, they're probably busy or something. Like, you, like, still have confidence in that relationship. And, like, it, like going back to President Iring's mom, like, it just, like, seems so sweet to me. That, like, how much time did she spend with him before that day? That, like, she was confident in her relationship. Like, she was so confident in her relationship with him that she was, like, oh, I know that he show up for me. yeah yeah that's I, so i think along with that i mean yeah. that is trust that's where trust comes in when you have that type of confidence mm. in people you trust them and when it comes to the savior you trust him and you know that like whatever comes he's got you and you're going to be taken care of because you know what he is able to do and what he can do in your life and you're just able to trust that um, I was also just going to say, like, um, when you're around confident people, I just feel like that helps you to be more confident. So, like, surround yourself with that, and it does help your confidence grow in yourself. Yeah, that was so, so cool. And I love spiritually that. Yeah. Are you hanging out with spiritually confident people? <laughs> Emily, that, was, that is fire. That is good. <laughs> Holy um. And I love, um, I'm writing down these good words so I can remember. Um, I love that part of faith also is, uh, requires physical and mental action on our part. When I think about faith, one of the things that helps me separate it from hope is to realize faith actually prompts action. Um, from the person who is manifesting it. And I love that. It says it always moves its possessor to some kind of physical and mental action. And then again, it carries assurance. So I just love this thought of, um, of faith. And that third thing that tells us that's important in here that I had forgotten about is it's a gift. And so if you feel like you don't have a lot of faith, I love the thought that you can pray and ask for um, more because it, it actually is a gift and um, 
is, is something we can ask for to be given to us. I stumbled on this quote. Um, in fact, I have to tell you guys the cutest thing, and it's going to require me to run to my bedroom. Who knows <laughs> that the last three inklings, I'm like running around the house while we're having inklings, as if we're all just <laughs> in my family room right now. But um, I was thinking about, I was thinking ahead, you guys, to Brother Lund's talk. Do you remember the Saturday Girls and how he talked about um, when you go to girls camp and the the his wife who was the young women's president had said to the state young women's president everybody take a good look at your girls because um they won't be this when they return or something <laughs> she it was more dramatic how she said it but then um when he talked about when they come back on saturday they will be different girls they won't be the girls that you're dropping off right now they will be saturday girls and um so I had been looking that up last week because I, it had come to my mind and I was like, oh, I want to think about that again, about how when you, when you have action in your life, when you are engaging, when you are, um, you know, mentally and spiritually showing up for that relationship, that it's actually going to change you. That is what you can plan on. So hold on. Talk about that. I think we need right to now. get Saturday girls Okay. <laughs> I know. First of all, that's the cutest thing. And this is, well, here's the problem. I feel like I can't say this because what if my mom doesn't go to this place? But oh well, I'm saying it anyways. Uh, oh, do you say it first, mom? You say it first, then I'll go. What if you my forget, bad. Forget, Grace? Okay. What if you forget? Well, just well, it's like kind of changing the subject. So is that going to hurt your feelings? Okay. Then you hold on to it and let me just finish yeah. where I am and then you change the that's subject. That's so. That's right. Okay. So everyone, I'm back. Um, and. So as I was looking up, trying to find Brother Lund's talk, I stumbled on this other group of girls called Saturday Evening Girls. Oh, yeah. Good job. And, it's going to be perfect. And good job. I was so intrigued that there was actually this group called the Saturday Evening Girls. And what happened is there were two women who were like, we need to do something for these immigrants who are coming into our country who need to learn the language they need to learn uh the culture they need like a step up to be able to be on the same footing as everybody else um who's here and so in the library they started this group and in the group they would read books together they would bring in people for conversations and discussions and they would meet every saturday evening that's what they did and then it started getting so big they had to have um, all the days of the week girls. I love that you guys are already going where my brain is going right now. Um, because depending on which night your group met, you were either the Saturday evening girls or you were the Friday evening girls or the Thursday evening girls or the Wednesday evening girls. And everybody had their group of this group of women that were like, we are going to grow together. We are going to progress together. We are going to become better together. And they had surrounded themselves with this group and then they wanted to start being able to help fund what they were doing and so the girls started making pottery in this little room that they found that they were going to sell this pottery and what was really common for them to make was plates and mugs and they would generally put their name on them and um I actually bought one on ebay you guys because i'm so fascinated by the saturday evening girls right now but on the bottom of every one, it, it's written in Saturday, S-E-G, Saturday Evening Girls. And these were handmade by each of the girls would come in and make them. And one of the girls made this mug that is not for sale. It's in a museum, everyone. But on it, it had this quote that was so darling. And I'm not going to say it exactly right because I didn't, I wasn't thinking I was going to tell you this today, but I just feel so impressed by it. And it said this. Every forest needs a nightingale, and in every soul a faith so faithful that it will return even if it is slain. And um, if you don't know about nightingales, the quote doesn't make as much sense, but the nightingale is said to be immortal, that it just always comes back. And the other thing that is so neat about a nightingale is that it only sings in the darkness of the night. And I just love that thought about a faith so faithful um, that it returns, even if it's been slain. I'm so intrigued by that right now. And this thought that those girls gathered together 
um, to help each other find assurance and to find faith and to find community um, in a in a way that would allow them to grow and progress in their life, which I love. So now this is in my room because you guys, it reminds me of you so much when I look at it. Just our our Thursday morning girls, everyone. Um, but Grace, where were you going to take us next? Well, that was really perfect. Because, so this is what happened. I, like, listened to this talk. So I listened to it last night before I fell asleep. I'll be honest. I listened to this talk as I fell asleep. So it, like, didn't really, didn't really. Um, I said, I'm having to re-listen to that. So I, like, then I re-listened to it again in the morning while I was getting ready. And then I, like, re-listened to it again when I was driving here. And I first thought of, like, the seven people, like, who I spend the most time with last night. Like, honestly, that was, like, obviously a very, like, not coherent thought. So it, like, didn't count. And then I um, started, I kept thinking about it. And so then, like, this morning when I listened to it the first time, I, like, was thinking about, like, oh, like, one of her people was Jesus. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, is he one of my seven? And then um, when I listened to it the third time, bless my heart, um, I, like, got to the end, finally, the and, like, I was, like, actually, like, super, like, in it. And at the end, it's, like, almost like he, like, builds upon that idea. He didn't even know he was doing this. But actually, probably just the spirit knew that I needed to learn it like this. But... Then what happens is at the end, he, like, goes through, and he's like, wait, you actually need to surround yourself with people. And he, like, goes through, like, the list of, like, those attributes in the in the verses. Like, it's, like, meek, charity, like, hope yes. people, like, all of those verses. And then he's like, you actually need people that will encourage you to live those virtues. Like, you need to, like, see mm -hmm. those and, like, surround yourself with people that leave that legacy of encouragement in your life. And then it, like, made me stop for a second. And, like, it just, like, made me want us to, like, think for, like, like, I was like, okay, if I was to list the seven people that I spend the most time with, like, if I were to write them down, first of all, I'd hope one of them was Jesus. But, like, out of the other six, like, what attributes do I wish I was surrounded by? And who embodies those attributes? Like, I was just, like, thinking in my head, okay, I, if I want some, to, like, be surrounded by someone that is, like, absolutely, like, embodies love, like, if they are, like, if charity in a person... Like, who is that person, and am I spending enough time with them? And then it was, like, kind of tender, because I, like, started driving here, and I, like, pulled over for a second. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it on time here, but it was worth it, and I did, so that was lucky. And you <laughs> spent two minutes late, so it was perfect timing. And um, I, like, pulled over, and, like, I, like, started writing. Like, I was, like, who do I want to? And it was, like, tender, because I – the first one that I wrote down was, like, charity, or I just, like, wrote love. Um, and I was like, okay, that is something that I want to embody. Like, I want to be love. And I was like, who do I know that, like, is love? Like, I just, like, stopped for a second. And, like, am I spending enough time with them? And I, like, immediately thought of one of my best friends, Talon. And um, if you know Talon, you love him. Like, it, like, and if you know Talon, you know that he is love. Like, he just, like, does love better than anyone that I've ever met. And he embodies it so, so well. And there's, like, nothing that Talon wouldn't be willing to do for any person on earth. Like, he, you just, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Mom, you know. You know Talon. Yeah. But, well, and anyone who watches Why We Stay, you it's that's who she's talking about, Talon and Why We Stay. So everybody here, there are lots of people here know yeah. um, who Talon And, like, it just, like, made me stop. And I was, like, why? I was, like, why does Talon, like, why is Talon that for me? And... I, like, stopped for a second, and I thought of, like, this most random day of all time, you guys. And it was, like, the beginning. It was, like, end of September or something. And him and his wife, they had just barely gotten married. And I – so TJ and Talon, I do why we stay with both of them. And so I see them all the time. Like, I see them probably at least twice a week, and if not more than that. And I was, like, oh, like, the, he just texted me, his wife, him and his wife in a little group chat. And they're, like, Grace, we have something. Come over. And I was like, okay, what's up? And so, like, I, like, head over. And it was, like, kind of weird. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like, I was like, this is so weird. I was like, it was like we didn't have anything to plan. So I was like, oh, maybe we're just hanging out. I was like, what did they give me? Was I supposed to get them something? I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then I, like, show up. And they had, like, made, like, I'm gluten-free. And, like, they, like, baked me this tiny little gluten-free chocolate cake. And they, like, came up and they were just like, oh, like, um, we, like, didn't know if it was going to be hard for you to, like, watch both of us get married. And, like, our lives are changing so much. And, like, we didn't want you to feel like we forgot about you, like, within the span of, like, this month when both of us got married. And, like, it wasn't even, like, I wasn't even sad. Like, I like I was okay. I, like, I was, like, so happy for them at both their Who weddings. Who loves when your mom's <laughs> getting so teary because those boys are so cute? 
I know. <laughs> but it was like the most tender moment that I was just like, that was like the most special day of your life. Like that was like, like such a good moment in your life. And for some reason in like the span of those two weeks, like you stopped to think about me that like someone that could have seemed so insignificant on like that day. And like that now it's like, I just like, wrote Talon's name and Dre counts as Talon. They're married. So that's <laughs> both. And um, like, that was like so quick to me. And then it made me like want to stop. And then like, I thought of like, I, I don't need to go through all my whole list, but it just like made me want to stop and think like, I think that like president Irene was onto something when he was like, if the goal is to become like Jesus, like surround yourself first with him. But then like, what about Jesus do you want to embody? Mm. And like, are you surrounded yourself with people that embody that? Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. I, I want to think about hope for a minute too now, because um, I love when he's talking about what shall ye hope for when he says this. And then uh, Moroni does, but I'm reading from Elder Irene's talk. But he says, and what is it that ye shall hope for? And I just, like right now, if we were all sitting in a room together and everybody could just say, what is the thing you are hoping for right now in your life? And like, I see some of you who are like, I just want a friend like that. That's what I'm hoping for right now. Or uh, maybe you're hoping for um, something for your family or something for your health or something for your life. And one of the things that I loved when I was reading this is um, he, he was saying, you have to have hope. That's what Moroni says. You, you have to have it. Um, it's so crucial to your life. And then I loved it one line when he was saying, you shall have hope through the atonement of Christ to be raised into life eternal. But I love just the, the part that I wrote down in my notes was just this thought, hope to be raised. Like how many of us are in a dark place or in a hard place or facing something that we're not sure we can overcome or um, just going on with just what life looks like right now. And I love that thought that he was like, you, what should you have hope for? Hope to be raised right now. Hope to be lifted through Christ. Um, you know, that you can turn to him and he's going to make things better for you. And Emily, it just, because I talk so much to Maria, it makes me think of life from your perspective. Because what I've learned about being a CF grandma is hope, um, hope is a different word to me now than it was before Desi. And the things that I hope for, for her, um, are requiring me to really like lean into what that word actually yeah. means. And, um, and that thought when he's like, you must have hope. And I can see why there's an emphasis on that um, word must, because there are times in our life yeah. where that maybe is all we have is that hope to be raised. And I would just love if you would speak to that for a minute, like what is hope to you? And how do you um, have? Oh, wow. Um, that's a big, a big, like, pro I have to process for a minute. But, you know, I mean, for those of you that don't know, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease that affects your lungs, your pancreas. It basically affects your body. I mean, it's, it's a full-blown body illness. Um, when I was born, my parents, I have a brother that's two years older that also has it. Um, so they kind of knew what they were dealing with when I got diagnosed. But, um, you know, the life expectancy then was 12. And um, I just turned 43 yesterday. So no one, no one saw that for my future. And I just had to hold on to hope that whatever came, um, it was God's will. And I would just do his will, and I would put my faith in him, and he would provide what I needed, whatever that was. And I have seen, I can't even explain the miracles that I have witnessed in my life on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, when I had my daughter, who is now 18, I nearly died. I was put on a ventilator twice. Um, she was fine. She was, she was born early, so she was in the NICU for a while. But 
she was great. I had a real battle to come back from, and I didn't know if I would. And nobody knew if I would. And my doctors basically gave me after, when she was a year old, they said, you have a 5% chance or a 50% chance of living five years. And so I would just, I would, you know, the five years came and it was like, well, I see her get baptized. I just held on to these like moments that I was reaching for. And, you know, and then it was, well, I see her graduate from high school. And now it's, will I see her get married? You know, and with my son, will I see him graduate? Will I see him, you know, hopefully serve a mission, whatever his life, wherever it goes. But, you know, will I see, will I see grandkids? And that is something that I always hoped for, but I did not know if it was possible. But I also know and knew and held on to that through God, all things are possible. But also with that, that there's a balance because you're like, I'm going to do his will, but I'm also going to hope for this. And whatever comes, it's going to be yeah. is best for me. You know, and that is how I've really tried to live my life. Yeah, and I love that so much. And um, so Emily's Instagram is Miracles Happen M. And when I'm in a text thread with Emily and I love every so often she'll put in the text thread, <laughs> I would like to report a miracle. And then she'll tell us what the report is of the miracle. And I just love that maybe hope, maybe living with a perspective of hope all the time actually allows you to be more present for the miracles because everything is yeah. something that you're hoping for um, where some people take things like that for granted um, because we're just living but for you every single day is a miracle and uh, you know every birthday you have is a year longer than what yeah. you were given when you were born and just that thought to live like with that hope perspective of you know what that looks like and I I just love the way when he um when he talked about that, how Mormon encouraged them by um, saying they were on the way to receive those, those gifts that they were receiving and um, that he weaved together for them the interactions of faith in Jesus Christ. Did you notice that? I love that line so much. It's right after footnote number two, the paragraph right there. He says he weaves together for them the interactions of faith in Jesus Christ and the firm hope of receiving that, those gifts from Christ. And I love the thought of that weaving together of faith and of hope in our life and what that looks like. And then he wants to take us to charity. And I want to go here for a minute in a, in a way that might be different than what anyone was thinking, but... I love this um, right after footnote number three. So just two paragraphs down from there, he says, looking back now, I see how that gift of charity, the pure love of Christ strengthened, guided, sustained, and changed my mother in the struggle on her way home. And I'm so intrigued by those four words. I just, I want to think about this for a minute because I love that he was like, this is what charity does. It strengthens it guides it sustains and it changes and that's such an interesting thing to think about like this yeah. is what love looks like this is what it should look like if it is the pure love of Christ and and you could actually put Jesus's name in there Jesus strengthens guides sustains and changes that's what he does um, for people and it made me want to think about like, how am I engaging with people? And would those four words describe the way that I engage with people in my life? Do I show up to strengthen? Do I show up to guide? Do I sustain um, people along their way? And am I part of helping them change and become something better? And that is charity. That's what um, Elder Irene tells us that is charity. And I love the thought of like, 
when have you seen that in your life? When have you been guided or strengthened or sustained or changed by someone in a way that made you better? But um, I don't know, was there anything about charity that stood out to either of you? And you can play off that if you want to or something else so, that was a standout. Oh, do you care if I go, Grace? So I, um, one thing that I just had never thought of, I mean, I think when we sometimes, especially in the world, think of charity, it's just giving to those that are less fortunate, which that is a great form of charity. But um, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is discussing charity, and he mm. actually says, um, and though I be so all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. And I was like, that is so interesting that, I mean, it's, it's in the, in the effort that you, in the love that is given that makes it charity. Um, but also then when you yeah. read the definition of charity, you know, the charity suffereth long that scripture at the end, it says, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And I just had never thought of enduring it well as charity. And I actually thought, um, let me see if I can find, I have so many notes every which way. It says, oh, the thought <laughs> came to me, um, if you carry it well, that is a form of charity. And you're able to carry it well because you're not, you know you're not carrying it alone. You know that he is helping it to mm. carry it with you. And that, that oh, that's like so, so good. profound to me to think that. Um, one thing that I read was I found this. Um, it was Elder Holland recently was in Germany and speaking to the um, young single adults. And he said he was speaking about his wife who in um, 2014 became really sick. And he said, um, Elder Holland and his children sat with Sister Holland for days as her lung capacity deteriorated to 15%. A pulmonologist who was also a Latter-day Saint asked Elder Holland to bring his family together. We had doctors there. We had nurses there. We had technicians there. We had everybody there. They were all crying except for her. Sister Holland was ministering, helping everyone she loves deal with what she thought would be an inevitability. And I just thought that is so powerful that that is a way to minister. Just the way that you see God, the way you see the Lord, and the way you reflect that out to everyone, you're ministering to the people around you. And I just, I love that mm. so much. Yeah, I love that so much too. And I love, do you want to add something, Grace? Um, Grace, I'm trying to think of when Ian gave his farewell talk, by the way, and he um, said the four letters of hope, what they were going to be. Do you have any recollection of that? Yeah, what they are. <laughs> yeah, do you know what it is? Yeah. Do you want me to say it right now? Yeah, you can say it right, right now, and then I'll go to the next place. Oh, well, or I can wait. Um, that's okay. No, but... you can say it I can't right <laughs> If you want it now later in the future, I didn't know. Um, it was has one person ever. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, wait. I, that is everyone. There's girls waiting by the door because it's locked. So, I'm going to turn my camera off for one second and I'm just going to let all these girls in and I'm going to go sit in my car. So, everyone, I'm still here, but just don't be sad that I'm turning my camera off. Okay. And um, I love, I was just thinking, Ian is a boy who lived with us many years ago and when he gave his farewell talk it was on hope and he he listed it out h-o-p-e has one person ever and then he just talked about the struggles people have and how they need hope so desperately and i love that thought of um when you think has one person ever had a bad day has one person ever um you know whatever the thing is uh, that when we enter in we minister to that person like Charity follows answering or becoming the hope for someone else. Charity is what follows that action. And I love the thought of this ministering, like you're talking about from Sister Holland. Um, 
what that ministering actually can look like when we have when we have faith in him and hope in him and through him then charity becomes what um we manifest from that and i love that and i love it was so interesting to me when he said when you sit with someone as their ministering sister or brother you represent the lord i love that so much um i've been actually thinking about that a lot lately because every sunday when we take the sacrament we promise we will stand as a witness of him and for many years and i think it's because i grew up in the 80s and standing as a witness kind of in my mind was defending him was defending the church and lately that phrase has actually changed in my mind um because when you when you stand in as a witness um you stand in for that person in name of that person and I've started thinking to myself when I enter a situation I need to witness what he would do if he was here or I need to manifest what he would do as he was if he was here that's what I promise to do and so when I when he, when I sit with someone I represent the Lord I witness of the Lord in that moment and all of a sudden standing as a witness of Christ changed in my mind that I was like oh I'm just showing up as he would show up if he was here and so as I sit with this person I need to think about like what would he be doing in this moment would he strengthen would he guide would he sustain this person would he help them change what they're doing like that's ministry that's what ministering looks like and then it was so interesting because he says to us this is what he would do he would invite them to come unto him he would encourage them and he would notice and praise the beginning of changes and i i fell in love with those words because i was like okay when i enter into a situation with someone i want to invite them to know jesus better i want to encourage them Um I love when he was like we need to notice them. Like are our eyes open to notice people the way Jesus would notice people? Remember in the midst of that huge temple courtyard, he saw the widow with her mite, the quietest one there, the one who was going to make the least difference in the treasury that day is the one who like caught his eye. And I love that that is part of like ministering is noticing. Um and then praising. Um I just love the thought of those four words as we think about charity and what charity might look like um in our life. Um any other thoughts you guys have on charity? Um, I did see someone quoting President Monson well. and his quote on charity and I actually have it typed out it says <coughs> Charity is having patience with someone who has let us down. It is resisting the impulse to become offended easily. It is accepting weaknesses and shortcomings. It is accepting people as they truly are. It is looking beyond physical appearances to attributes that will not dim through time. It is resisting the impulse to categorize others. Which I think is so beautiful. Mm. That is so good. Emily, okay. send that to me after and I'll put okay. it up in stories. Um and I love um I love the, like there were so many things in there that you're like, "Oh, maybe we don't think of doing those things. Maybe we don't think to notice yeah. or, you know, to just things to um that would make us better people, which I think is so good. I love at um the beginning of this talk 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 paragraphs down he says mormon begins in the very first verses of moroni 7 with a testimony of jesus christ of angels and of the spirit of christ which allows us to see good from evil and for some reason i was so intrigued by It's so interesting that he's like I'd like to begin this sermon. I'd like to begin this discourse by bearing my testimony because usually we are, like do that at the end. 
And I love that he's going to start out right at the beginning. And he's like, before I even start telling you this, you need to know that I believe in three things. Um, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in angels. And I believe in the spirit. And as I think about becoming and like our desire to have faith, hope, and charity in our life, I just feel like it's so important to think to ourselves that um, becoming someone who has faith, hope, and charity requires a relationship with Jesus. It requires that he is one of our seven. But it also requires angels. It requires people showing up and sitting with us and raising us up and lifting us and teaching us how to change and so people have done that for me. Like, I'm sure you can think in your life, people have done that for me. And it makes me realize I need to also be that for someone else. And then I love that thought of that the spirit will tutor us. If, if this is the goal of our life is to have faith and to have hope and to have charity, the spirit will tutor us in how to be better at all three of those things. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I don't even know. It's the second column of the second page. It says, um, it was going along with Grace's quote earlier, but pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love. And this love is charity. Mm. You know, pray for that. And you, I just think sometimes we forget that is something we should be praying for. We should be praying, you know, to be more like him, to have that pure love of Christ. And I think the more we do that and the more we learn who he is, we're just so much better to emulate that. Yeah, that's so good. And it makes me think this, Grace, that um, part of our work, and, and I'm going to go back to this um, that I'm in love with right now, is I love that there were two ladies who were like, we could make a difference. We could like lift up this area where we live. And I will just go to the library and we will invite people in and we will notice them and we will encourage them and we will praise them in their efforts. And that something amazing came from that, this society of women whose entire goal was to encourage each other to be better and one of the things i love is that they reached out to the younger generation they reached out to the young adult women and said let's give them their best chance for success and i think that we look at the rising generation and each of us has the ability to interact with them and i loved um in august grace was like you need to trust us and you need to have faith in us and you need to know we could do amazing things. And I think about that lady in the library and I'm like, for some reason she had that vision. She had that, that ability to be like, these girls can rise up and become amazing for their generation. These girls who maybe were going to be forgotten. And I think it'd be neat, Grace, for you to just talk about, um, We've talked a lot about ministering to each other, but how do we minister to the rising generation? Um, I think you kind of already touched on something that I'm really passionate about, and that's just trusting. The, like, trust it. I think that, I don't know how to say this in a very coherent way, so it's going to be messy, but it's fine. Um, I think a lot of people want to talk about for my generation, even like high school age kids is like, I think that a lot of the conversation is really negative and it's like, oh, they have really short attention spans and they don't care about spiritual things and they like aren't really interested in investing in relationships and like, like you, everyone knows, like it, it's interesting. Like if I go to like a seminary class, like sometimes I'll play this game and I'm like, okay, but I was to ask your parents this, like, what would what are the things that they would say about your generation and they like go off they are like and it's like all like the saddest things in the whole world and they just know them they're just like oh they're like oh this is like what old people think about us like this is what all of our parents think about our generation 
and like we fill up an entire board about it and um i spent a lot of time with well a lot of time with people my age which is good and normal but i also spent a lot of time with high schoolers i spent a lot of time with people that are young and um and like i just think that, that like that narrative's wrong like i like i just genuinely like to my core just super disagree and I actually don't think that, like, they're – I don't know. Like, I just think that a lot of people are wrong about it. And I just wish people would change the way they speak about the younger generation because I think that that would really impact the way that we live. I actually think that, like, the, like, the people – like, the kids that I teach, like, I would I, – like, I could go off for the next three hours. Like, I won't. Like, they're, like, next level incredible. Like, they are, like, unbelievably good. And I just think that the way you speak about someone almost speaks into their future. And if you tell them that they're incapable, if you tell them that they don't like um, spiritual things, if you tell them that they don't care about religion, like they're not going to just because you spoke that into their future. And I just say like, be careful about how you speak about them. I think that that is like very, like even when you think it's just like, even like, I think sometimes we think it's beneficial and we're like, oh, like, let's talk about the problems that they're facing. Let's, and like, part of me just wants to be like, yeah, but like, what if those wouldn't be problems? Like, like, what if you just spoke better things? I don't know. Yeah. That's what I, I, I love the thought of that. Uh, when you think about that fourth one, praising, mm-hmm. uh, that could we be better at praising, um, those who we're sitting with and, and seeing the good in them and letting that discernment start helping us to empower. Um, one of the things I loved about this Saturday evening girls and someone kind of spoke to this early on, but you guys know, I love the second coming and that I like wanted to be <laughs> in October every year because I'm so excited for Jesus to come back. Um, but I grew up in a generation when elder, President Benson told us we had been saved for 6,000 years for this moment and to make an appearance in the final days before the coming of the Lord. And I took that to heart. I was like, I'm just going to believe that is true, that I was saved for this time. And sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm like, we actually are the Saturday evening girls. We are the ones that were saved until this time. And we knew what the struggles were going to be. But I think we are also gifted with an increase of faith, with an increase of hope, and with an increase of charity to be able to get through what these days will bring. And, and I love the thought of being a Saturday evening girl. Like, I just, I want to be um, the one who is gathering with the other Saturday evening girls and saying, we are going to get through this. We are going to encourage each other through this time and we are going to be ready when he comes again and i just love the thought of that so so many hey, things today such Charlotte, a good conversation things really yeah. quick one yes i think um yes the elder Ubdorf's talk and um the confidence that our church has in the youth is showing forth it is amazing with the new yes. um for strength of youth um, whatever, pamphlet, whatever they, anyways, but there's this quote yes. by Elder Holland that he just gave from this, um, why, or especially for youth that I just want to quickly share. He said this, okay. He said, this is the greatest of all dispensations because unlike dispensations of the past, there is no way to flee Babylon, only the responsibility to conquer it. You are being called on to do what no other generation, no other dispensation has had to do. You are to cease fleeing, make an about face, and confront Babylon and be victorious. I I think Mm. it's so powerful and just a testament of what these youth today are facing and what they are required to do. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so, so many good things. Just Wait, let me say so one more thing too. Let me okay. say one more thing too. It's only one sentence. Yes. It'll be so quick. This is the other thing that I just thought of that I think is good. Um, I would also say, 
you're looking to encourage like a generation that is not yours, I would say invite them into your seven people. I think you would be surprised how many, yeah. Like I just think you'd be surprised how many young people wish someone in a different generation would invest in them. Mm. That is so good. Um, I love that idea. So I love that thought about um, your seven too. Something that feels fun to think about for the next little bit. So, Okay, you guys, I love you. I'm so glad you show up on Thursday mornings. We have so many good conversations here. Um, and Thank thanks, so Emily much. and Grace, for being with us. Um, such a good, just a good morning. So, and yeah, and almost Happy New Year, everyone. So fun. Um, then I'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.